God. Thank you, Jesus. I thank you and love you and praise you. Amen. Praise God. It's good to be in the house of the Lord this morning and to be with all of you. If you have your Bibles, turn to 2 Timothy chapter number 1, verse number 3. We'll be reading verses 3 through 7. 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse number 3. We'll start at verse number 3. Paul writing to a young minister, and he is providing instruction, and he says some very uh, powerful words here, more specifically in verse number 7, but to give us some kind of context, we will start in verse number 3. I thank God whom I serve from my forefathers with pure conscience, that without ceasing I have remembrance of thee in my prayers day and night, greatly desiring to see thee, being mindful of thy tears, that I may be filled with joy. When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that in thee also. Wherefore, I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God, which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. For, or because of that, for is what is used here, but it's definitely connected to what has already been stated, that there should be a stirring up of the gift of God which has been put on him by the putting on of hands. And then in verse number seven, he says, for God hath not given us the spirit of fear. Everyone say fear. But of power and of love and of a sound mind. Praise God. Everyone say power, love, and a sound mind. I want to preach to you for a few moments this morning triple threat, triple threat. Amen. Lord, we thank you and praise you today in the house of God. And we ask for your strength and your anointing to build up our most holy faith. You bring encouragement and strength to us, conviction to us. And so we ask that you would help us in the house of God and that your word would bring those things to us. In Jesus name, we pray. Everyone said, amen. Praise God. God bless you. You can be seated. The power of debilitating fear is very, very real. And it must be distinguished, and I think it's important to do this from the outset, it must be distinguished between the fear of the Lord, which means a reverence or an awe of God. The Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, which means that the respect and awe of how great God is is the beginning of of wisdom, understanding, knowledge, and what have you. This is much different than the lower anxious sense of foreboding or emotional dread. So this is the kind of fear that I'm talking about this morning. I'm talking about a foreboding fear, an emotional dread that can come uh, across an individual's mind and heart. Fear is not a great motivator. It is not your friend. It is the most destructive influence held in our mind. And the influence of fear is one of the least understood psychological aspects of our inner world. <clears throat> it's inconsistent 
It cannot be justified, explained, or even understood. And if the reason for fear were unveiled, it would immediately be recognized that fear only offers destruction. And we would immediately let go of it because of its lack of value. There is no value in fear. And Paul, in talking to Timothy in this passage of Scripture, he said, God hath not given to us the spirit of fear. If you're here in the house of God today and you're fearful, you are following and you're being influenced by something that lacks no value. Amen. I want to say that emphatically here today. If you're in fear, it lacks no value. It is something that is hard to describe, explain, and when people come across fear, they don't even know how to describe it. It's a temptation that comes to us, that immobilizes us, and stops us from doing what we need to do. And I just want to be very clear in the house of God here today that God is not the author of confusion. He's not a God of fear, but he's a God of power. He's a God of love and he's a God of a sound mind. There is a triple weapon against fear. Praise God. We're not operating by fear in the house of God here today, but we're coming from the word of God to say to you, you have nothing to fear. Praise God. Amen. It's debilitating when we react to fear the unnatural response is to hide or to run away. Fear cannot accurately define a situation, so it cannot give proper guidance for a correct action. Don't run away. Don't hide. Don't allow fear to try to define your experience and your identity, but run to a better course of action. Praise God. I'm not running to the course of fear today, but I came to the house of God to worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords to feel after him if happily he might be found and I'm not fearful in the house of God today but I feel an anointing and a power and a strength that can only come from God fear cannot fix fear just as more darkness cannot fix a dark room when someone acts heroically they have moved to a higher level of integrity which dispelled their fear and redefined the situation or the problem that is in their mind. This allowed them to act instead of react. When fear is given credit for a heroic deed, this is not a consistent message. Fear cannot be defined as both a cause for courage and cowardice. When fear is used as a contradiction, we attempt to use fear to help us. It cannot help us because fear is a wrong reaction to a situation calling for a right action. Praise God. You've got to, you've got to activate some things in your life that redefine things. If fear is standing in your way, you need to speak to fear and say, I'm going to activate the right actions. I'm not relying on fear to become the problem to fear. I'm relying on something greater to suppress fear. I'm relying on a power that is greater to make fear flee. Praise God. Fear has to acquiesce when 
there is a greater spirit and anointing and power that steps in. Praise God. I'm not retreating to darkness. I'm not retreating and isolating myself, but I am thrusting myself into an environment that says to fear you must flee and you must leave. You are not welcome here. We live in a world in which people are fearful of a lot of things. Fearful for their health. Fearful for their job and success. Fearful for society. Fearful for sickness and disease. All of those things are real things, but you can't operate on fear. You gotta step into something that is more powerful than fear and say I've got a purpose. I've got a reason. I've got a destiny. There is a job to do. Hallelujah. Somebody clap your hands and thank the Lord today. Thank you, Jesus. Because fear is dark and hides in the cracks of the mind, the curtains have to be drawn back to reveal its unreality because fear ultimately is a lie. Consistent truth must be applied so the unnatural pattern in fear can be reversed. Fear is a lie. This is why in Romans chapter 8 and verse 14, Paul spoke to the Roman church and he said, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. You're not in bondage of fear anymore because there is something greater. First John chapter 4 and verse 18 says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. Praise God. That's my introduction here today I want you to know this emphatically you should not be in torment and you should not be in bondage because of fear there is something greater that can be activated in your life that can open the curtain and say to fear you are a lie you are you are not the truth but there is one that is truth that can cast out fear perfect love casteth out fear I don't know what's holding you back. I don't know what's paralyzing you. I don't know what is immobilizing you, but I'm encouraging you. Take the step of faith and say, I'm going to step over the very thing that's trying to stop me. Not going to be ruled by fear. Amen. Let's start with God gave to us a triple threat. Amen. He gave to us three things. He said, God has not given to you the spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. First of all, he gave to us the ability to suppress that temptation because fear is a temptation just like any other temptation. Amen. Fear is a temptation just like any other temptation of the world, whether it is of the world, whether it is of ourselves, the flesh, or the enemy that comes our way. Amen. We are faced with a myriad of temptations every single day, and fear is a temptation. And the scripture reveals to us that there is a triple attack against fear. And the first one that I want to point out here this morning is love. Perfect love 
casteth out fear. Amen. People that are in relationships that are fearful are not in a perfect love because they're worried about what may happen, what may take place, what the other person may do or do, don't do. This is not a good place. This is not a good situation. Fear comes in and tries to control in the present what you can't control in the future. Ladies and gentlemen, you have no control over tomorrow. So stop worrying about tomorrow. You're here today. Worry about today. My, my situation is a matter of today. I can take action today. I have no control over what happens tomorrow. Praise God. I know what I'm talking about here. Praise God. Because I've gone through situations where fear could come in. Praise God. I've been through situations of cancer, radiation, chemotherapy, chemotherapy in 2010 and if I allowed fear to rule me I would be worried about what might happen tomorrow I'd be fearful about what might take place tomorrow maybe it's going to come back maybe it's going to happen again maybe I'm going to have a relapse maybe I'm going to have to face the same thing again go through chemo again radiation again lose my hair again but you know what I can't live in that world if I live in that world I won't do anything today I better make my opportunity to Today and say today is the day of the Lord. I'm going to live in it. I'm going to worship God in it. Whatever happens tomorrow, happens tomorrow. But today, I'm in the house of God worshiping him. Praise God. Praise God. I use myself as an example because I know my example is the same thing in your life. You're facing things that you're not really sure about, and if you take another step, what's going to happen there? What's going to transpire there? What's going to take place there? Listen to me. You can't live in that world. Praise God. you got to step over and say, you know what? It doesn't matter if I tried and failed. I'm trying again. It doesn't matter if my addictions held me captive and I tried and I failed so I'm just going to go back to the addictions. No, 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 no. There's a preacher preaching to you today telling you I don't care how many times you tried and failed. There's still a God that can help you step over where you are and you can be what God has called you to be. Woo! Hallelujah. Somebody clap your hands and let's thank God together that he's a God that brings strength to us Praise God. Some of you may not understand what I'm talking about because maybe your fear is different. But as it pertains to addictions, there's some people in this place that feel fear when they fail about even coming back to the house of God because I came there, people connected to me, they know who I am, and then I failed, and now I don't think I could even get back to the house of God because that's an embarrassment. Hallelujah. I want to tell you that's a lie. <laughs> that's a lie of the enemy trying to keep you immobilized and paralyzed and trapped. Amen. If we really ask people in this place today how many struggle with addictions, we'd be surprised. Amen. You keep trying. You keep you keep pressing forward. God's doing great things in your life. Instead of worrying about that, how about we all celebrate this fact? You're here in the house of God today. Praise God. You're here worshiping God today. That's worth celebrating.
I've had conversations with you right down here in this altar area. I want you to know that I'm a big supporter. Praise God. Amen. You got to attack these kind of things with an attitude that says, I'm not going back to that ever again. I refuse. And yet we know that the human experience is full of ups and downs, turbulences, and sometimes we have struggles and difficulties. Those things can immobilize and paralyze us and fear can settle in to keep us from where we need to go. Listen, it doesn't matter how many times you fail because you're in the house of God today, that becomes a testimony to propel you beyond where you are and help somebody else. Amen. Where we're standing right here, all of us, we have no idea, we have no uh, definition, we have no knowledge of what's going to take place tomorrow. But we do have the ability to say right now, I'm going to live for God right now. I am an overcomer comer. Praise God. I am more than a conqueror because I'm in the house of God today. Love is a threat. Perfect love casts out fear. In the scripture, there was an individual. Jesus gave to us a parable and he described an individual that was called the prodigal son. And he asked his father, he said, I want all of my inheritance. And so his father, not wanting to see that happen, but yet willing to recognize that the younger son has the ability to make choices in his own life, he gives to him his inheritance. He gathers all of his substance and he goes out and the scripture said that he wastes it. He wasted in riotous living. He spent all of his money. It was gone. The friends that he thought he had were only there because of what he had in his pocket. He partied. He was addicted to all kinds of riotous living, and he found himself with nothing. He spent everything that he had, and just about that moment, there was a famine that came in the land. So everybody was in need and in difficulty, and he joined himself to a citizen in that country trying to find some kind of work. And he joined that occupation of feeding the swine. He was in the field feeding the pigs. And he would have, the scripture said, he would have filled his belly with the husks that the swine did eat. And no man gave unto him. He didn't receive anything. He's with the pigs. He's thinking about eating the same slop that he's feeding the pigs. When something comes to his mind that says, you know what? I'm going to go back to my father's house because even the hired servants have it better than what I'm experiencing here in the pig pen. And so I'm just going to go back. And if I have to be a servant, I'm going to go back because I would rather be there than where I am here. And so with trepidation, you know how difficult that must have been because he got all of his inheritance. He spent it all with loose, riotous living, which is going to be a reflection on his character. And he's going to have to stand before his father again and so this becomes very very difficult and fear could have stopped him stopped him from saying I'm gonna make that step back to my father's house fear could have immobilized him fear could have said to him you took everything you spent it all 
you've got nothing and you're going to go back. People are going to think less of you. They're going to look down on you. Your father's going to be upset with you. But he stepped over that precipice and that threshold of fear that would stop him and would cause him to worry about what everybody else is saying. And he makes his way back to his father's house. And you know what happened as he's coming down the path to his father's house his father is looking down the road I guarantee you every single day his father was looking down the road he was wondering when is he going to come back if he's going to come back but on that particular day the prodigal son making his way up the pathway back to his father's house recognized that there was a father watching for him there was a love God never gives up on you praise God I don't care how far you go you could be in the pig pen of the world God still loves you praise God I said God still loves you it's a perfect love hallelujah praise God he'll go to the very far reaches to save you and when he saw the prodigal coming he ran to him threw his arms around him and celebrated the fact that he was coming home. I want to join with the Father anytime somebody comes to the house of God and rejoice that they are here. I'm not here in judgment saying, well, they came back and then they left. I'm here saying they're coming back and it's very possible that this could be the moment and this could be the time that they get their footing and they make their paths right and their steps right and God works in their life praise God I want to be on the side of celebrating not on the side of judging praise God the father says let's kill the fatted calf we're here to have a celebration there was a response recipients of God's love have received a dynamic force for casting out their anxieties. Amen. A sense of God's intimate love inspired Paul to say this in Romans chapter 8 and verse 31. What shall we say then to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Who shall separate us from the love of God? Shall tribulation or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword. There is nothing that can separate you from one of the triple threats against fear, which is love. It casts out fear. Praise God. You wrap yourself in the love of God. You're walking with him. That means you can face every giant. That means you can go through every valley. Praise God, because he's walking with you. You're in his love, and his love casts out fear. Praise God. When I'm in the anointing and the presence of God, it doesn't matter what comes against me because there is something more powerful than fear. God has not given to us the spirit of fear, but he's given to us love. And love is a weapon against fear. Are you thankful that the blood of Jesus Christ is still powerful? Are you thankful that his presence still goes with you, whatever you're facing? Are you thankful that you don't serve a dead God but you serve a living God because the grave couldn't hold him death couldn't hold him hallelujah but he came up out of that with power and authority and that same authority is with you 
Hallelujah. We need to lift our hands and thank the Lord right now that God loves us, walks with us. His presence and anointing is with us. I feel the Holy Ghost in this place here today. Thank God for the power of God's love. Amen. It's a perfect love that casts out fear. Amen. We are more than conquerors, Paul said. And yet at the same time, put that beside the psalmist that said in Psalm 55 and verse number 5, fearfulness and trembling are come upon me, and horror hath overwhelmed me. And I said, oh, that I had wings like a dove, for then I would fly away and be at rest. See, my definitions in the very beginning talking about the debilitating power of fear, which is to run, to flee, to hide, to isolate yourself, is found here as the psalmist is saying, fearfulness and trembling has come upon me, and horror hath overwhelmed me. And I said, if I had wings like a dove, I would fly. I, I, would, I would remove myself, for then I would fly away and be at rest. I'm not saying here today that fear is not a real thing. I'm not even uh, marginalizing fear. I know that it is a real thing. But I am saying that the love of God is more powerful than the temptation to be afraid. We have been given L-O-V-E, which is greater than fear. I feel faith in this house today. I, I don't know what you're struggling with, but I know fear is a real thing. And it's, it's debilitating. It's crippling. It brings anxiety and stress. Hallelujah. But in the house of God, the word of God is very, very clear that God is greater than that and perfect love casts it out. Amen. You just need to trust in God. Hallelujah. Come on. Somebody agree with me this morning. You need to just trust in God. Yeah, but what about that? Don't worry about that. What might have? Don't worry about that. Trust in God. Amen. He's going to walk with you. Praise God. Praise God. Jesus said in John chapter 14 and verse 27, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Nudge your neighbor and tell them, don't be afraid. Praise God. Amen. Don't be afraid because God is with us. God has not given to us the spirit of fear, but he's given to us a triple threat. He's given to us love, and he has given to us power. Power. Fear loves failure because it becomes an agent of control. When you look at the life of Peter, you find an individual that failed many times. Peter knew better than God. In one particular case, he rebuked the Lord openly. He rebuked him. And Jesus was not too happy about that. Sometimes spiritual pride can be to the extent where we feel we know better than God. And Peter felt like on that particular occasion he knew better than God. He failed. He lost faith. When he stepped out of the boat, he saw Jesus walking on the water and he stepped out of the boat and he starts making his way to Jesus. And then when he looks around him, and the wind was boisterous. He was afraid, and he began to sink, saying, Lord, help me. The first glimpse, he leapt over the side of the boat. However, before too long, he was looking at more than 
Jesus, he was looking at the waves and he was looking at all the elements around him, which is very typical of our situation. Sometimes we can start looking at the small things and the insignificant things and not see that we should be looking at the master. He failed. When he said, I will not deny you, he denied Jesus three times. Jesus even turned to him and said, Peter, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And he denied that, and yet he failed. When Jesus was talking to the disciples about the communion service, and in humbleness and servitude, he kneels down to wash the disciples' feet. Peter said, you will never wash my feet. And Jesus said, if I don't wash your feet, you will have no part with me, Peter. Peter failed. Peter said, I will never walk away from you. I will never betray you. But Peter was running with everybody else when they took Jesus. And they took him to the cross. Peter was quick to swing the sword. In John chapter 18, when Judas showed up with the priests and the soldiers to betray Jesus, it was Peter that took a sword and cut off Malchus's ear. Peter failed many, many, many times. And those failures could set him up for a fear because fear loves to control and it uses and activates failure. And Peter could have stood in a position to say, I'll never be used of God anymore because of my failures. I'll never rise to the level of what he called me to be. He, Jesus said to Peter, I'm giving you the keys to the kingdom and upon this rock, Peter, I will build my church. All of those failures could have stepped in the way, but there is a triple threat that works against fear and one of them is power, power, power. Peter is the same guy that goes to Jerusalem when Jesus is resurrected and hears Jesus say this, Amen. You shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you and you shall be witnesses unto me into and unto the entire world. And in an upper room experience, the Holy Ghost falls and there is a power and anointing. Those 120 people in that upper room, they start speaking in tongues. It spills out of that upper room into the streets and people are looking at this saying, these people are crazy. What in the world is going on here? And Peter stands up, the guy that failed so many times. And fear could have restricted him because of his past. Peter stands up and he says, ladies and gentlemen, these are not drunk as you suppose. Seeing this is but the third hour of the day. It's only 10 o'clock. But this is that which was prophesied by the prophet Joel. This is the power of the Holy Ghost that is upon them and in them. And that is going to be an agent to propel them forward. The same Peter that was buried in failure is the same Peter proclaiming a power that says fear is not going to keep me back. I'm going to preach. 
preach this truth. I may be persecuted, but I'm going to say this to everybody I can. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Peter preached. Peter stepped out. Fear was not going to restrict him because of his failures. Oh, I've come here today. I know there are failures in your life, but you can't let failure keep you from what God wants you to be. God wants you to be great. God wants to use you. Step over your past. Step over the failures and say, God, I've got a power and a strength that comes from the anointing of God in your spirit. And I'm moving forward. gives to us a triple threat. Let me talk to you about the last one here this morning. He's not given to us a spirit of fear, but he's given to us a spirit of love and of power and a sound mind. Paul was an individual that persecuted the churches. As a matter of fact, there is an event in Acts chapter number six where, actually seven, where he is standing holding the coats as the crowd picks up stones and stones Stephen who was testifying about God's goodness. Paul was standing there. He was consenting unto the death of Stephen. Can you imagine that? And yet one day on the way to Damascus to persecute the church, he is knocked off of his horse and God speaks to him and says, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And Saul said, who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus of Nazareth, whom thou persecutest. Arise, go into Damascus, and it shall be told thee of the things which are appointed for thee to do. And so Paul goes to Damascus, and when he gets to Damascus, there was a man by the name of Ananias that testified to him and prayed for him. He had scales on his eye. He had to be led to Damascus. Ananias prayed for him, and the scales fell from his eyes, and Ananias testified to him and said, Paul, you need to repent. You need to be baptized in Jesus' name. Amen. Because God has called you to do great things. And Paul, hearing these great things, knowing that, wait a minute, you're calling me to be used in the church when I've persecuted the church. You're calling me to reach out to people when I have consented unto people's death. And this was a troublesome thing in Paul's mind. And he said in his own testimony, Lord, they know that I imprisoned and beat in every synagogue them that believed on thee. And when the blood of thy martyr Stephen was shed, I also was standing by and consenting unto his death and kept the raiment of them that slew him. These were things that were in his mind. And he had to overcome that. In his head, he had to overcome that. The Lord said unto him, Depart, for I will send thee far hence unto the Gentiles. Amen. As the musicians come this morning, this was something in Paul's head that, that, that was a great struggle. And fear was in his mind and in his heart. Fear, you, fear, fear, will, fear the, the, the common phrase that, that fear will repeat is, 
I don't know. I don't understand. I can't explain it. It's not explainable. It's just this undefinable thing that comes upon you that is like this cloud and this weight that comes upon you. And you don't know what it is or how to describe it or what it is. And so when people try to talk to you about it, you can't give them an answer. You give them all these things of I don't know, and, and it puts everybody in disarray because nobody can really get at the core of the matter. That's how fear works. Fear is not productive. It's not productive. You in the conversation can't get anything out of it because it's not productive. That means you've got to activate something that is greater than fear so that you suppress and put down fear and you take authority over it. Amen. So that it doesn't control you and operate through you. You take authority by the power that is in Jesus and say, I've got power and love and he's given me a sound mind. This is not going to dictate the terms to me of my existence. There is one that is greater that dictates the terms to me. Amen. And it's his love and it's his spirit and it's a, his ability to give me a sound mind. Paul says to Timothy in our text, God does not give us the spirit of fear. He's been there and he's helping Timothy. And in 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse number 8, Paul said, Whereunto I am appointed a preacher and an apostle, a teacher of the Gentiles, for the which cause I also suffered these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. When you're troubled in your mind and too many things are bombarding your headspace, you need to recognize that Jesus Christ, by his atoning death, resurrection, and his intercession for us, it liberates us from fear. Praise God. He liberates us from. Did you know that in Romans chapter 8 and verse number 26, the Bible says the spirit also helpeth our infirmities for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he searcheth the hearts, knoweth what is the mind of the spirit because he maketh intercession for the saints. When you don't know how to describe or explain something the spirit of God becomes an intercessor to carry you through what you may be feeling and not understanding because he's greater than that <laughs> praise God man there's life situations that could come in and cause a lot of fear and trepidation and anxiety and stress I don't know where people turn to if they don't have the love and the power and the sound mind. Actually, I do know. They turn to all kinds of coping mechanisms, and it's sad. They'll turn to alcohol, addictions, pharmaceuticals, drugs, immorality. They'll try to find something to get an escape, to try to figure out and deal with what they're going through. Amen. And I'm here as a preacher today in the house of God to say there's something greater than all of those things that gives you clarity about where you are and what you're doing, and that's the power that is found in Jesus. Amen. Praise God. The peace of God is here. 
the intercessor is here. Isaiah chapter 41 and verse 10 as we stand says, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. I will help you. I will uphold you with the right hand of my righteousness. Praise God. God is with you. The psalmist said in Psalm 23 and verse 4, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff comfort me. Amen. God is with us. Psalm 27 and verse 1, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? And lastly, Today, Psalm 46 and verse number one says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, will not we fear though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof, I will not fear because God is my refuge and he is my strength. He is a very present help in time of trouble. God's walking with me. Hallelujah, why don't you lift up your hands and lift up your voice for a few moments here today. What is it that you need in the house of God? There is a God that walks with you that is a very present help in the time of trouble. If you're facing trouble here today, there is an intercessor in the house of God that is faithful to his word. Praise God, faithful to his word.